Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Money Talks. My name is Hugh Meyer. Hope you're doing well. Uh, always excited to be here with you and remind you that we're here to connect thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and business execs and help bring an actionable advice to you, the audience. And I'm really excited to have my guest here today, who I've been in contact with for quite a while. Um, she is an author a consultant and a podcaster herself. She goes by the Pitch Queen. Her name is Michelle Weinstein. Michelle, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Super excited to have you. Could you tell the audience a little bit about about yourself, please? About myself? Well, how long do you want me to go? (laughs) You've got 60... 60 seconds version. Okay. (laughs) So yes, I'm an entrepreneur. I've had pretty much 20 years of like sales experience. So, uh, you know, I've sold, I always like to say I've sold everything from multi-million dollar homes to meatballs to, uh, now big tax plan engagements and accounting engagements. And I've even pitched on shark tank on season four, but you'll never see the episode. So basically right now I help, uh, small accounting firm owners, really grow their top line revenue, get past the emotional turmoil of the sales process in their firms and really be detached from like the outcome of working with clients. So they're committed to the results, but they're detached with what, however it ends up. And that's pretty much what I do. So I have two podcasts. One's called Success Unfiltered. Started that one about three and a half years ago. Uh, it is put on hiatus. I just put up my last episode last week with Chris Voss, who wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. So definitely download that one. It's awesome. And then I have a whole slew of other interviews that I've done with um, uh, Shark Tank veterans and sales experts and product and service-based businesses. And then my other podcast is called The Abundant Accountant Podcast. So if you're a service-based business, you'll learn a ton. Um, it's all sales related. There's nothing techie accounting related on it, but I do speak to the accountant. Thank you for that. Maybe tell, tell us, I guess, what was the, what's the genesis of the name, the pitch queen? I mean, you do an amazing job. I will uh, give firsthand to that. Um, you are one of the most clear and authentic people I follow on Instagram. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> and, as, and as we know, Instagram is populated with a lot of people, a lot of, you know, salespeople, a lot of BS, but, you know, a I, lot of I, BS. But, I, but you, you, you really do a great job. And so thank you for that. But yeah, maybe just, I guess, what was the genesis of the name, the pitch queen? Yeah. So the genesis of the name, the pitch queen. So, uh, my, my full name is Michelle Weinstein. And if any of you know, um, Harvey Weinstein and when all that came out, people were like making comments that I was starting this business and getting off the ground. And I always said, I'll probably get married one day too. So I don't want to be stuck to my last name as I'm starting a new brand. So I had a failed business uh, that I closed March, 2017. I needed to come up with a name. So I was sitting with one of my friends, Sean, and we were brainstorming and he's really good at coming up with catchy, memorable names. And I was like, all right, if I tell someone like on an airplane and I tested it and it worked on And I said, okay, just, you know, look up the pitch queen and then you can, you know, add my social handles. That's probably more memorable than Michelle or something like that. So it was more about having a memorable, catchy name, but also not using my real name because I don't want to, I'm not related to RV, nor do I want to be. And I would even have Facebook ads that I put up recently, maybe a year ago and still get comments. So 
that's how the pitch queen was born. And then under that was all of, you know, the abundant accountants. So it's more right. of like the umbrella company. And then I've niched down so much where I only work with accountants now. That's great. And that's, you brought up two very uh, important, important pieces. Things I think you want to talk about today, right? <laughs> yes, but no, I no. Thank you for all for that background. So you made it, you, you were just talking when you were describing the genesis of the pitch queen, this concept of memorable and how you wanted people to, to remember it. And it is memorable. And that's a really important concept in kind of how you, I am sure you help your, your end clients. You have to be memorable. You have to be a thing. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think memorable and catchy are really important. So I'll share a story because I was on a flight and I don't remember. It was sometime in the back half of 2017. <laughs> and the, the person sitting next to me kept looking over my shoulder. You know, what are you doing? Like, what are you working on after like this for 30 minutes? Like, I'm just like, could you make it any more obvious? And then at the end, he's like, wow, that's so cool what you do. You know, what's your name? I said, oh, if you just Google the pitch queen, you'll find me. And he did. You know, he added me on LinkedIn. And that's how the whole name was catching memorable. So, you know, for my accounting clients, it's more about the experience they're creating with their clients and having something catchy and memorable and unique, not like any other accounting firm. And so that's really what we focus on because this client experience in the sales process is the nucleus of their business. If they don't have revenue or sales, same thing in my world, coming in, then how can they help the clients they truly want to help? You can't. So how do they make themselves unique and different, not only from a knowledge standpoint, but from an experiential standpoint when you first contact a new accounting firm? That's great. And as you know, you know, like what I do, it's very commoditized business. There's a lot of accountants out there. I guess there's fewer now than there there were in the past, just you know, due to the nature of, of the occupation, but there's still several out there. And you also talked about who how you yourself are have a you have a niche. You help try to help and you do yeah. help and consult for accountants. And that's another very important concept that can't be all things to all people. Maybe you want to unpack that a little bit. Sure. I'd love to. So in March of 2017, um, I had to close a business that I had called Fitzy Foods. Doesn't tell you anything about that food company, right? Fitzy, what's that? Where we were a prepared meal company. So we were basically like a healthy personal chef in a package. Sure. So you don't have to do the cooking, grocery shopping, cleaning, etc. I had another colleague, Pete. He started a company called Pete's Paleo. Same time frame. He's still in business today. He never took investment money that I know of and was profitable throughout the whole time because he even wow. took over my kitchen lease back in March of 2017. <laughs> so the difference was, I yes, we were, you know, healthy and, you know, going for like the a twist on healthy American comfort foods, but it wasn't niche enough. And that's really what pretty much screwed us up because if, Pete, for example, he was paleo. He could attract the CrossFit community, maybe anyone eating a caveman diet at the time. And so that was my first rendition. I said, okay, how do I not make this mistake again with my next venture? And to be honest, in the beginning, I had no idea what I was really going to do. Like if you think about the name of my first podcast, which by the way, why it's on hiatus, Success Unfiltered, uh, doesn't tell you a whole lot. 
it should have been the real truth about pitching on Shark Tank. Because all of my Shark Tank interviews, we talk about what it was actually like, not what you see, but right. like the, the, the experience and, you know, all the steps they put you through and all the BS and holding patterns. And I mean, that's what those interviews are about. But I didn't know that that's the path the podcast was going to take. So if anyone's made this mistake about not niching and not coming up with like to the point titles, it's me. I've made tons of mistakes in this area. And, you know, when I started uh, the Pitch Queen brand and my first podcast, Success Unfiltered, I didn't really know what I was going to do still. I was still in shock from having to close the business that I've worked on for a decade of my life. I was like, but I took action. I only didn't do anything for about a two week period. So I was like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, I didn't just, you know, become super depressed for months. I, I said, how do I take what I've learned and not make those mistakes again? Even though I did make it with success unfiltered, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it's a great podcast, but if you're going to go search on iTunes, you're not going to probably find it. Right. Um, so So that was the mistake number one. Then I started doing a lot of sales engagement. So one of my friends has a company where she teaches uh, CPAs and enrolled agents high-level tax planning, and she was struggling with sales. And I said, hey, let me help you with that. And then I did a few other sales-related, you know, contract-type jobs. And after having 100 or so enrollment conversations with accountants, I said, oh, I think I found my thing. I would love to work with accountants. Okay, I'm getting somewhere. Now I'm narrowing it down. And I've even narrowed it down to a whole nother level. Yes, I speak to accountants and my, I have the abundantaccountant.com. My podcast is called the Abundant Accountant Podcast. So that probably tells the accountant, if you want to have a life of abundance, you might want to listen to this, right? Right. Like, It has abundance and accountant in the name. I made it really simple, straightforward to the point. But, you know, that's how I've met you. I've met uh, another, like literally this week, I've met two people that landed on my lap and I've been like waiting for this day. And when I say niche down, like my friend, Sean, who helped me come up with the pitch queen, he's been telling me this from day one. Like we all talk about it and it's the most it's probably the hardest thing to wrap your head around because you're like, but I need everybody. I need to help everybody. I got, I need money. I need to pay my rent. I need to pay my employees. Like I got to just work with anybody. And to be honest, if you do that, you're never going to work really with anybody. That's right. <laughs> you're going to be just spread so thin. So in October, 2018, I started the Abundant Accountant podcast. In 2020, I had a podcast sponsor for the whole year. Wow. You know Why? Because it's just really easy. I'm able to attract people who want to get into the ears of accountants because that's the only people that listen to my podcast. So, you know, if FreshBooks or Zero or QuickBooks or any of them want to get a unique personality, and I'm very different than most accountants, as long as all my clients have told me that they're very introverted and, you know, we, 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 we work well together. I love working with smart, intelligent, amazing human beings that have MBAs, masters in tax, like you name it. I, it, law degrees in tax. Like I have the best accounting professionals in my sphere that if you never want to really pay a whole lot of tax and have your 
businesses set up right? Because that's another thing. So many entrepreneurs don't even set up their businesses right. That's they right. They co-mingle personal and business funds. I mean, you name it, I've seen it. And um, that's, that's what I want to share about niching down. And that's how, so these two opportunities was I'm going to be on someone else's podcast for accountants and then I'm here. And then these other guys said, do you want to help create a sales process for accountants? I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I do, you know? And he's like, well, we found you as the best coach in the space for helping with sales for accountants. I'm like, good. I glad my Google stuff's working. And now I'm going to have an app coming out in um, second quarter, hopefully of 2021. Wow. That's a, uh, lead, well a lead generating tool for accountants, not lead generating, a lead management tool for accountants where me, I'm going to help you with the videos that you need to send, the emails you need to send to prospects and clients. So you don't have to think about it because I can't work with everybody. Right. But this will be the tool that will help all the accountants that I'm never going to be able to have in my classes, you know, because now I only work with accountant who has been in business two years. They have to have at least a hundred thousand in revenue. Like it's really specific now. Right. So I've, I, but there are, obviously are tools like the abundant account podcast that will help someone who maybe I won't ever work with. So that is how niching down has basically, I was working on a vision board. I don't have it right here in front of me, but like sprinkled magical dust on my lap is one of the words I found in my magazine that I pulled out. I was like, yeah, that's what happens when you niche down. Wow. That was great. That was that, that last few minutes was a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> So uh, I, 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 I was, that, that was really great. Uh, and it, it, I love um, all that detail and, you know, using, you know, using your, your great experience and, and how you've been able to really adapt yourself. Um, but also, you know, something that's really great. And it's something that I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs through and trying to communicate through this podcast is, you know, you've really kind of grasped the digital world. You know, now you have this app, you know, you're, you're very professional with Instagram, the podcast, you've, you've been able to, you know, take a business that is, it's an old line business. that's very kind of in the analog world, but you've, you're kind of bringing this digital presence to it. So yeah, you've I done mean, a great job. I think, oh, thank you. You know, I think a lot of accountants out there, they, they have a lot of CRM and a lot of tools, but a lot of it's just too confusing. I mean, it's too confusing for me. I don't even use a CRM. I think like Google Sheets is great, but I think this app is more for the content that I'm going to load into it for them because I can't work with everyone. But I do know that if you change up your messaging, you'll probably get more clients that you truly want instead of like what you were saying earlier, you know, a lot of you, a lot of the accountants might feel like it's been commoditized. Yeah. Well, guess what? You trained us that way, right? right? So I have, so it's a process of untraining the accountants or training them to see, well, why is it commoditized? You know, why is it this way now? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I've worked with accountants for, for a very long time as part of, you know, being partners in what I do. And yeah. I know many of them could probably use your help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, <laughs> Send them over to, so the, for the accountants who are, you know, listening to this or for your accountants that, you know, they can actually get a taste of what I talk about. It's completely complimentary at the five, uh, not the, 
five steps to abundance.com. So the number five steps to abundance.com or F I V E and start learning those steps to creating the firm of abundance, to creating the life of abundance. Cause most of you guys work way too much for way too little money. Like I've broken down a lot of accountants hourly rates and they could actually probably get paid a little bit more working, you know, at the restaurant down the street (laughs) or just go get a job in an accounting firm. (laughs) Um, Some of the hourly rates we figured out based on what you're charging and how much you keep discounting yourself and putting yourself on sale. That must be exhausting. And uh, so, you know, we we break that down a lot in um, five steps to abundance.com. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for that. And that's a really important point that I had written down that I want to talk to you about because that is something that a lot of salespeople and whether it's in whatever industry you're in, when you talk about this per hourly rate, you're not earning what you probably, what your potential is. And that, and the reason to that, that is, and and I love you to elaborate on is you know, having this communication of what your value proposition is and, you know, what you can, how you can help and, you know, and be a, be in the solutions business. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about how you work with your clients with that. Yeah. I mean, it's a long process, but like you said, you're in the solutions business. And I think the biggest paradigm shift and, you know, for those of you who have a really techie background or you're an accountant, this will probably make sense. You feel that if you go into these sales meetings with prospects, if you talk about all of your accolades and all this stuff you can do for your client, that that will have them buy. Unfortunately, that has them run the other way because people will actually take action and engage with you when they feel, number one, heard, (laughs) seen, and understood. And and if you're just out there, uh, what one of my students called it was feature dumping. If you just feature dump all of your, hey, I got the masters. I'm a CPA. I've had my business 25 years. I have 1500 clients. That means you don't have any time for me, you know, and when you feature dump all this stuff, that's actually not solving their problem. So we take this time. So I have a class called the eight week sales mastery training. Um, so if you're an accountant, you can go eight weeks sales mastery training.com to learn more about it. But it takes a long time, not a long time, eight to 10 weeks to really unravel that thought process. But from the accountants that I've worked with, and there's tons of testimonials because every accountant I've ever worked with has given me a testimonial written and a video. So you'll see them all. That's awesome. It, it, it shares with you this thing where instead of feature dumping, how do you become the solution to someone's problem and do a 180 in the way that you share this information with your client? That's great. And that also, that goes to kind of my next question. Talk about, you've written about this quite a bit, about this concept of value versus price and how you, and how you, uh, you know, kind of, can, if you can elaborate on that. Yeah. I mean, that's another whole podcast topic in itself, but my belief, and I know it to be true because I've purchased a lot of very pricey things, (laughs) not only like in retail, but services. So for speaking about service-based businesses, which is an accounting firm or any other service-based business, people actually don't buy based on price. People buy based on feelings and emotions. 
So if you're going to feature dump and think that that's communicating your quote unquote value, then that's the problem of why maybe the results you have are pretty not that great. You probably work 60 to 80 hours a week. You probably give discounts to people. You have to charge just a little less than the guy next door. And you're comparing and competing on price, which means now you're a commodity. Right. So if you're price comparison, then it's a commodity product. It's like if I want um, an iPhone, you know, right? iPhone. And okay, maybe T-Mobile is doing $100 off if you do this. That, that's looking for a deal on a commodity. This is not something you can really value price. This is a set price. My water bottle I bought on Amazon, you can see it, is pretty much a set price, give or take a couple dollars. You can't really do like a whole lot of price elasticity, if that makes sense. Or with my last company, Fitzy Food. You will only pay so much for paleo meatballs. Sorry, but I can't charge for 12 ounces of food, probably more than 15, 20 bucks, 25 tops. And then you're like, whoa, I'm a, these paleo meatballs must be like the, you know, Tesla of meatballs (laughs) (laughs) because there's only so much you can pay for food. And that is price buying now value selling and everything else is what we talked about a few minutes ago. It's understanding someone's problems, emotions, pains, having them feel heard, understood, seen. And then do you have the solution to help them fix that problem? And then at that point, you can then value price. I mean, you know how I teach pricing? What makes you happy? That's how I do it with my accountant. And typically what we do is about 2x to 3x, whatever they're charging now, is truly what makes them happy. And from there, creating a process that makes that work because you can't just go, well, uh, you know, I have a student right now, one of my classes tomorrow It's crazy. He's done or no, this was a different guy. He's done 4,000 in additional reoccurring revenue every month in his firm. He did this in an eight week period. So 4,000 times 12. I don't know how much revenue that is. And then he did 15,000 or 20,000, I can't remember exactly, in revenue, in additional revenue in eight-week period. Just by changing this whole price game to, oh, I'm not a price. No, you're not a price. Last time I checked, you don't have a price tag at a retail shop. You don't sit on the shelf with a SKU number. You don't have, you know, tax on you. Like, no, that's not you. So it takes time to unravel that. But that's typically what I've seen. Uh, And the gentleman in my class right now, he's already experienced that. I mean, he used to charge 200 a month for a business client. Now he's at, uh, we increased it last week again to 800 because he's already seen success at 600. He's gotten five new clients and we're, we've only been in class four weeks, so. He's got a lot of opportunity in front of him. And these are the things that we talk about, but you have to understand and get past the, and maybe this will resonate with you. You don't sit on a shelf. Right. You know, you're not like in my last company with Fitzy Foods, it was hard. It was a commodity product. I can't, there's only so much someone will pay for a dinner. That's it. (laughs) I went to a restaurant. I'll never go back. And, um, 
we got like pork chops and salmon. It was a Greek restaurant because I did like a whole week of Greek food from all my favorite restaurants. It was $75 for two dinners. And I was like, you know, I could have like a filet from Chris, Ruth Chris or something like that. And that would be way better than this. And that's a commodity price comparison thinking. Yeah, because it was food. It's like for $75 for takeout. Are they high? Um, it wasn't that great. So. <laughs> Hopefully that answered your question. Uh, it, it did. And it's an, it's now, I think, two podcasts within podcasts. So thank oh, okay. you for that. I, we, we, you know, we both love content. So thank you. That was that was tremendous. Really great. Talk a little bit for maybe a couple of minutes. As I said at the beginning, you do an amazing job on Instagram. It's very real. It's very authentic. I guess maybe talk a little bit about how you, you know, you've done such a great job at that, you know, how you've, you know, you're found your calling on Instagram. I have no idea um, because <laughs> I actually have help. So um, I am not a typer, you know, I'm audio. I'm an auditory learner. I'm an auditory person. So my Instagram manager who actually does the posting, what we do is we use Voxer. So she'll say, okay, you know, like if you guys watch my Michelle Thursday things every Thursday you're learning something weird or unique about me or something that I've done. And I literally send her messages that she helps create and type up to actually put them on there. So number one, social media is an energy suck for me. And if I made <laughs> any mistakes back in my last business with Bitsy Foods, it was trying to do everything myself. And so when I started the pitch queen, the abundant accountant, I was like, all right, how can I spend 80 to 90% of my time doing what I'm really great at, which is podcasts, because this is auditory. It's perfect for me. Uh, sales. So doing actual sales calls and things for people that hire me to do it. And then three, teaching sales to my accountants when, when I figured out my niche. And if I could spend 90% of the time doing that, then my team can do all the other things. So I have a team of people who do my podcast uh, editing and audio. I have my social media manager. I have an assistant. I have, I, you know, I have, um, I always have interns because I love to teach them all this stuff and learn way more than me than they're going to learn in college. So yes. Um, and that's what I do. And it was risky at first because a lot of you might be thinking, well, you don't have money for any of that shit. I didn't have money for it either. I actually started this business with a hundred thousand credit card debt for my last business that was in my personal name. And I hustled. I was, if I spent 90% of my time selling, I knew I'd make a lot of money. So I was like, okay, how can I take another risk and put myself, you know, that's why credit cards are great for leverage. I'm not talking about getting credit card debt. I'm talking about using it to leverage if you are going to, uh, you know, put bets on yourself. So you're, right. you're going to play blackjack on yourself. What are you going to do? And if you don't play blackjack on yourself, then maybe you should just go get a job. Then you're probably not cut out for the entrepreneurship game. And that's what I did. I mean, I've had Jillian on my team, thank God, from day one. I didn't have money to pay her. I don't know, 800 a month or some crazy number. It, it, it's a lot, but we've gotten to know each other. It's gotten easy every month. I mean, even for my podcasting equipment, this mic, this setup, right. I spent $5,000 on a credit card that I didn't have just to have the best audio. 
Because I'm like, well, the number one reason people stop listening to podcasts is because of shitty audio. So I'm like, I can't have that happen. And, you know, a new laptop. I like I just I said, how can I do this? But I know if I sell most of my time, I'm going to make a lot of money. So I'll be able to afford my team and have my team be employed and enjoy what they're doing and what they're really good at. You know, like Jillian only does Instagram. Like in the beginning, she did all my stuff, but now it's just Instagram. She got really niche. So after listening to me too much, she canned me from all the other stuff. (laughs) She's like, I did what you have been talking about for three and a half years, Michelle. I'm like, oh, shit, this bit me in the butt. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's how we do it on Instagram. You know, I give her the content through Voxer. We come up, we have uh, calls once every other week to talk about things, um, you know, on the messages and the DM, she'll tell me the ones that are important and she'll deal with the spammy ones. And I, you know, I try to do audio messages or video messages because that's my style. Much easier than typing. I am not a typer. Agreed. And uh, there's no question we continue to move in those directions as a a society, Um, you know, with the audio messaging, I get it, you know, you know, the amount of the articles I read about, you know, people are sick of email, so they yeah. just want to text. So we, we, we continue to move. So you're, you're definitely a few steps ahead of the game there. So uh, <laughs> no, th- thank you for that. Um, so I, I started a new segment a while back on my show because I realized that I was, you know, peppering my, my guests, thankfully, with a lot of, with a lot of questions. And yeah. I wanted to offer the, the guests an opportunity to ask me a question. So uh, the, the floor is yours. To ask you a question. Okay, Please. why'd you choose me to ha- why'd you choose me to be on their podcast? Oh wow, great question. I like that. Okay. Uh, it, it's very simple. So uh, you know, I started out on Instagram. I literally have only been on Instagram well, maybe since August. And you know, my limited experience with Instagram, but my experience with social media is, you know, as we all know, there's a lot of BS. Um, you know, everyone's trying to sell, you know, pictures and all this uh, kind of nonsense. And, you know, you were one of the first people that I, that I started to follow from somebody else who I can't recall. And, I, you know, I just, it just, it, I got it. It was, I could kind of see what your value proposition was. You had a great, you know, energy about you. It wasn't all business. It was very real. So, and, you know, and I thought what you were doing and then I started to, you know, click on your links and, you know, went to the podcast. I'm like, well, this is great stuff. You know, I have a podcast (laughs) again. It was, it was, it was, it was was real. I mean, it was authentic. I mean, that's, you know, be authentic. That's, I say that a lot on Instagram to other people because I don't think everyone's being authentic. So, but people, Mm -hmm. I feel like can see that. And it's important. And that's and that's why. And I thought, you know, and after watching you, I said, "Well, you'd be an amazing guest to have. Um, you have a you know great you know great background, and you know what you do for, in your business applies to a lot of tons of different businesses. It's not just about how you can teach accountants. It's a yeah, million it's any different service based right. business. Yeah, right. But and- for non accountants, I also have. If you go to sellwithoutsleeves.com. You can learn <laughs> five steps to start learning how to sell without sleeves. So you can be more authentic like you were talking about. Uh, so, yeah, I love that. Okay. What is your definition of abundance? Wow. Um, definition of abundance. 
I would say it's abundance of happiness in your life. I, I think, I mean, I think if you're not, if, if you don't have an energy and a happiness and a, and a wanting to get up and I, you know, do better for yourself and do better for others. And I mean this, um, that's why I started the podcast. Um, that's uh, to me, that's an abundance. You have to have abundance of happiness and energy, I think, because if you don't have that, um, I think life is probably pretty difficult. Awesome. Those are my questions. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I appreciate it. So, you know, as I again, thank you so much for all your, 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 your wisdom and advice as we conclude here, maybe offer the, the audience, uh, you know, one piece of actionable advice. I would just go download, uh, five steps to abundance.com or if you're you know, not an accountant or not in a service-based business, then sellwithoutsleaze.com will help you to actually start going through some of the worksheets because it will highlight and talk about a lot of things that we spoke about today. Great. That was perfect. You know, there, again, there's so much information that was on, was on our, our, our podcast today. Really excited. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michelle, for being here. I know your time is very valuable as we've discussed during this podcast. We, get, <laughs> we need to maximize every minute of the yes. day. So thank you again. It was great to uh, finally connect with you face-to-face and uh, hope to do it again in the near future. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you everyone for being here today on another episode of of Money Talks. Remember to uh, like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode next week. Again, this is Hugh Meyer and remember Money Talks. Take care.